Hello, and welcome to a very special edition of Body Counts and Beer. It's our 100th episode, and as we have promised... Threatened? Correct, threatened. So many times before, at least four times. At least. (laughs) This week, it's time for Reeling in the Beers. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm really hoping we put a music sting into that dead air. There absolutely will be. (laughs) They call me the Crimson Tide. Nah, they don't. But really, I'm Deacon Blues. But really, I'm Peg. But really, I'm Ricky and I lost your number. It's Jonathan Rooney Taylor. (laughs) Hi, Jonathan Rooney Taylor. I'm Kid Charlemagne. And I'm going to give you an East St. Louis toodaloo. (laughs) You and who's Dupree? My cousin Dupree? Oh, shit. I don't know. I and don't... also you, me, and Dupree. Oh, no. If I was in the same room as an East St. Louis toodaloo, now I feel like I have to go to the doctor for tests. <laughs> oh, you absolutely do. <laughs> uh, so this week's a little different than most weeks, because most weeks we watch an action movie and we goof on it. This week we are going to be listening to not the Steely Dan album Can't Buy a Thrill that contains the song Reeling in the Years. No, no. We are listening to it turns Steely Dan's... We could not buy a thrill. No, we could thrills not. Thrills were far too expensive. That's yeah. a, it's a seller's market for thrills. You, yeah, exactly. If you're buying, well, good luck to you. Yeah, thrills are so expensive these days, man. It's you're true. paying seven. Well, you got to get a license. First, you got to get your license to thrill. Right, and yeah. you, you got to get that CDL thrill and there's license. there's so many restrictions <laughs> about thrilling. That's true. That's yeah. true. Outdoor patio thrilling only. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or and if it's indoors, you can only do up to forty percent of thrills. Yeah, only you can't 40%. do full thrills. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so this week, we thanks are... a lot, Nader. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Ralph it's Ralph Nader's, Nader's fault. fault. <laughs> the guy who gave you seatbelts. Uh, you mean forced seatbelts <laughs> upon my freedom? That is true. Hey, democracy doesn't have a speed limit, okay? <laughs> Uh, so this week we're listening to uh, Steely Dan's landmark 1977 album Asia. It's not spelled that way. Yeah, it's spelled Aya. It's got a J. Yeah, A J A. Yeah. It, this is not to be confused with the uh, light prog band Asia yeah. and their huge hit Heat of the Moment and their other hit uh, Only Time Will Tell. 
And then a bunch of other songs. Yeah, great band. Great band. <laughs> great two songs for that one band. <laughs> I mean, Toto only ever got one good song. That so. is 100% incorrect. How oh. dare you, sir? Oh. Yeah, what you did was fail to appreciate, John. Hold the line. Rosanna. Africa. Ooh, Rosanna's Georgie a good one. Georgie Porgy. Uh, that uh, one's uh, questionable. Uh, uh, no, fuck you, 99. There's a I bunch of... I would say of... the Joanna's questionable. Ooh. Well, considering there's no Toto song called Joanna? Hell yeah. It's where like, hey, Joanna, don't steal my man. It's me, Jack White. Nah, that's, that's not, not that's not Toto. <laughs> First of all, that's, hey, Jolene, don't steal my man, and it's Dolly Parton. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I know the difference between Dolly Parton and Jack White. One of them is a national treasure. The other one is Jack White. <laughs> so anyways. Steve We're going to Dollywood? Is that is that what this is all Ooh, leading up to? That'd be fancy. Oh, that'd be so much fun. Uh, John, up them sick beats. Hell yeah. John, I don't, I don't know how to tell you this, but we live in Illinois where 50% of the contiguous United States are off limits to us. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are allowed to currently exit through Iowa. And that's only if you're <laughs> very careful. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't spend more than 24 hours there. Yeah, no, you, you got to haul it. ass <laughs> to Missouri. <laughs> oh, stay the fuck out of Missouri, though. <laughs> Everything's just cannonball runs through all the highways. Yeah. Indiana's a no. Wisconsin's a no. Minnesota's yeah. a no. Michigan is probably okay, actually. Uh, it's dicey. Like, they're holding steady at a lot of cases. You know what I mean? Like, well, the number yeah. is still high, but it's consistent. Also, <laughs> the more time you spend there, the more likely it is that a fringe militia group might try to kidnap and murder you. Which Plus, has legitimately been true since the 80s. True. Yeah. And also, uh, the longer you stay in Michigan, the higher the odds are of running into Jack White. Yeah, don't do it. Oh, God. Yeah, do uh, it. To be fair. He looks like slime me to the touch. Yeah, you no, it's because I mean? he's slowly becoming the Crypt Keeper. Uh, no, he's slowly turning into you, and you know this to be true. Something, something, something. Lyman or something, something. Listen, you take your overproduced <laughs> bullshit and get it out of my face. If I want anything, this sick, sick, steely Dan. Uh, yeah, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Noted underproduced yeah. band, steely Dan. Steely Dan flying off the cuff. Playing found instruments, <laughs> improving all over town. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're very all they much... need for their shows is a location and a profession. Yeah. <laughs> they're very much like a weird Ozark jug band. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna begin There's with the jug bands in Ozark. I gotta start watching that show. That that whole show is about how Jason Bateman and Laura Linney just go. Hoo, 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 hoo. And then that nice. uh, the, their daughter just goes. <laughs> oh, playing the washboard. Somebody's you know got it. Somebody's got it. And then someone's like, ting, 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 ting. Yeah, man. You guys are good at guessing jug band instruments. Oh. What's this one? Bow, bow. Oh, that's bow, the, uh, the, the handsaw. No. No, the handsaw is. Oh, good yeah, point. Yeah. Good point. I'm talking about the washtub bass. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Broomstick, string, wash basin. Yeah. yeah. No, so I think we've discovered uh, the two of the three that have grown up with Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. <laughs> I've never actually seen it. Oh, shit. You would like it a lot. It's Probably. delightful. I just, uh, I just uh, knew a jug band at one point. <laughs> Man. 
a non-Muppet jug band? Yeah. I don't understand. A, a no, human, a human jug ones. band. Yeah. No, no, no. This doesn't add up at all. No, they're rad. They wear overalls and they play cool music. Yeah, they Did all you... look like Dexy's Midnight Runners. <laughs> but, You're absolutely right. But they don't play Dexy's Midnight Runner songs. It's true. But if they did, it'd be fucking rad. On That's jugs. True. Yeah, right? Could you just imagine that? Come on, Eileen. There's really not much daylight between uh, playing Come on, Eileen on a jug band and Jungle Boy. Yep, that's it. <laughs> anyway, let's get this ASCAP nightmare started. <laughs> yeah. Hey, as long as we talk over the music, it's fine. Nice. It's true. Uh, so yeah, we're going to begin with the very first song on the album, which is Black Cow. Oh, I don't think you can say that anymore. Uh, no, I can definitely say it, as long as Spotify decides to work. Nah, it doesn't look good. I don't think it's going to work. Is Brown Cow the candy that I never liked? Oh, that's Cowtail. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, those were always gross and sold exclusively at swimming pools. There yeah, it is. Yeah, they always sold those at swimming pools. All right. So this is Black Cow by Steely Dan. It's the first song on the album. Predicated on you knowing the expression, take your black cow out of here. Yes. Which I have never heard. Well, a black cow, I think they're referring to the uh, old soda fountain drink, Black Cow, which is a Coke float. Ooh. Man, I love a Coke float. All right, a Coke float is pretty good real quick. What's everyone's favorite old-timey fountain beverage? Patrick, go. Oh, root beer. Root beer? Oh, oh okay. yeah, and like the more sarsaparilla-y you can do, like For the harsher sure. the root beer. Absolutely. John? Uh, it's either a cream soda or a birch beer, depending on the location. Ooh, I birch like it. I like one. it. If the birch beer is like bright red, then yes, birch beer. But otherwise, cream soda. Yeah. Oh, cream soda is so good. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with like a, a good old-fashioned chocolate phosphate. Oh, I was going to say, when are we going to get into the phosphates? Hell well, the yeah, problem man. is they outlawed them. You can't throw them at enemy combatants anymore. That's true. That's, true. <laughs> yeah. That's what we bombed Syria about a few yeah, months ago. They were using chocolate phosphates on people. <laughs> Uh, so Black Boy, Cow. that Albasad is a real soda jerk, am I right? <laughs> so uh, this song, Black Cow by Steely Dan, uh, is known for its very distinctive bass riff. That bam, bam, bam. Um, as you can kind of hear it a little bit. Uh, Hopefully in the not too much, though, because we didn't pay Steely Dan. Again, as long as we talk over it and talk about the song, it's fine. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. We got rights, bitches. Uh, plus, I am right now making out a check to the Steely Dan in the amount of one high five. Ooh. Oh, b- bad news, though. You accidentally sent it to the vibrator. Oh, no. <laughs> From the William Burroughs book. Oh, man. Uh, so one of the things I, I love about this song and how I was kind of... Uh, introduced to this song, even though I kind of grew up with Steely Dan, was this song was sampled by Tatiana Ali on uh, her big first single in like the mid '90s, mid to late '90s. Uh, she started. She played the youngest daughter on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Okay. And she had a. Uh, I'm sure maybe still has a music career, but kind of big in the mid to late '90s. Uh, and she sampled this like sick ass bass line from this song, uh, and that's where I kind of was just like, oh man. Fucking Steely Dan is cool. <laughs> All of my dads were right. <laughs> this is real music. 
Not like that noise I've been listening to. <laughs> See, in my house it was backwards. My mom was the Steely Dan head. My dad could not stand Steely Dan. <laughs> wow. Because he was like all credence all the time. Nice. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, if your music didn't sound like it came directly from the swamps by way of <laughs> affluent San Francisco, then it was bullshit. It's true. It's true. Well, I mean, to be fair, that was like, what, 60s San yeah. Francisco? Yeah. So I don't know about the affluence at that point. That's true. Know. Were they San Francisco? I thought they were Southern California. I thought they were San Francisco, but they I could be wrong. I don't know. Been, yeah. All I know well, is that they... I'm sure they are not from the bayou. Yeah, they are definitely not from the bayou. <laughs> They're not even from the southeast. Nope. <laughs> Uh, there's... fucking Neil Young showed up and just canned it all over them. Oh my god, all that denim. Ugh. Jesus. Ugh. Hey, hey. Gordon Lightfoot wore a lot of denim, and oh, he's yeah. a goddamn world treasure. Fuck yes he is, sir. Fuck yes he is. Uh, but one of the things uh, we should be talking about Black Ops specifically... Uh, uh, so I what don't know, we got like 12 minutes left on this jam <laughs> session of a song. Uh, so what are, your, what are your feelings on this song while we're here? This oh. song specifically? Yes. I, I was pretty good. It's real groovy, but I really don't know what he's talking about. Sure. That's uh, all Steely Dan. No, no, no. Congrats. Later there's other ones where I'm like, nah, I feel you, buddy. <laughs> that makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. Ricky shouldn't lose that number. Definitely. What and if he needs to find it later? Joe's is going to lay down the law and break it. No, that makes <laughs> sense. I've been there. Yeah. Needing to get hypocritical on some people. Yeah. Well, I think that there are there are two there are two Steely Dan songs. There are the like ones that jump out that you know immediately that are unmistakable from other songs and then there's all other Steely Dan songs that kind of like play on the same groove basically. You well, know what I mean? Every in, in theory there's really only one Steely Dan song which is we're being dark and sarcastic about everything over semi-jazzy, uh, jazz-indebted um, rock music. Sure. Yeah. Well, this is the, the rare kind of jazz where it's about the notes that they do play. Oh, goddammit. I appreciate that. Well, goddammit, John, if you're in Steely Dan and you're playing a note that they can't hear, fuck you, you're out of Steely Dan. Yikes. Uh, yeah. So that's the that is Black Cow, uh, a song about a coke float. I'm gonna assume it's about a coke float. You get yeah. out of here. You finish that coke float, and you get out of here. I always assume any colloquialism that includes a color, and I am not aware of its origin. I just assume it's about heroin. Of course, yeah, like sure, sure, story, sure. especially but cows. I, right? But like when I when I hear <laughs> cows, notoriously junkies. You know what I'm saying? But when I think of when I think of Steely Dan, I don't think of heroin. I definitely think of like. Old cold black coffee, yeah. stale uh, coffee uh, that was never fresh somehow. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Denny's coffee. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just kept in one giant cauldron that they just keep adding water and coffee to yeah. over the years. So it just like builds up. Just this... you don't remember pouring it, but somehow you have a cup. Yeah, yeah. and it's always just like lukewarm at best, <laughs> and then stale hand rolled or unfiltered cigarettes. Mm, yeah, the drum. probably like Lucky Strikes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I always think. Oh, when but I there's got to be booze in this. There's no way there's not booze in this. Well, I'm thinking like... You Irish up that coffee, sir. Yeah, yeah, but I'm thinking it's like a cheap scotch whiskey, like a Cuddy Sark. I mean, yeah. sure. Or maybe like a J&B. Because <laughs> like, this is 1977. I'm pretty sure that, that sobriety had been banned. 
outright. Well, everyone's point. minds had already been blown by Star Wars, which was <laughs> a visual hallucinogenic for yeah, people. Yeah. So the only way you could handle it was by just downing copious amounts of fucking Seagram 7, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. Little 7 and 7 will take you places. So I just love the idea of like uh, fucking like traumatized audience members shuffling out of a movie theater in the 70s. It was like when they saw that train coming at them. <laughs> yeah. No, I fucking love stories like that. I think it's like one of the Shostakovich symphonies they played and all the Russians just threw chairs oh, at everybody rioted. and burned the streets. Hell yeah, because that's not what the strings are supposed to sound like. Oh, well, it's like when, yeah, it's like when Paganini played his famous like devil's tritone and played super fast. People would like be like, he's the devil! <laughs> Kill him. And he was just like, one day, Ozzy Osbourne is going to take this and turn it into heavy metal. Boom! <laughs> um, you couldn't see it, but I was furiously pantomiming violin. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, we have now moved on to song two of the album Asia, the title track, Asia. Yeah, and this is a song that has lyrics for the first two minutes and the last two minutes. Yes, but for the middle... But the mid four. The five, mid four, it's... Nah, we're chilling. Yeah, it's an extended jam session that begins as sort of like a simple jazzy progression and then gets weirdly Caribbean. <laughs> there is a steel drum solo in this song, for yeah. sure. Uh, uh, and yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Again, I assume anytime there's something I don't understand about Steely Dan, it's just a joke that I don't get yet. Sure, of course. Uh, so looking up uh, the song Asia, since one actually has a Wikipedia entry... Uh, the song's lyrics center around the interior monologue of a man who runs to the title character of Asia to escape the stresses of his life up on the hill. Fagan claimed that it was inspired by a relative of someone he knew who had married a Korean woman named Asia. He has described the song as being about the tranquility that can come of a quiet relationship with a beautiful woman. So, quick question, how are the lyrics and themes of this song different from every other Steely Dan song? This one's specifically about his Asian fetish, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, yeah. I'll allow it. Uh, yeah, most of his songs are about his his Quervo Golden Fine Colombian fetish. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, almost all Steely Dan songs, to my knowledge, are... The troubled inner monologue of... Yeah, of yeah. Donald Fagan, yeah. for sure. Uh, that's a huge hallmark, obviously, of Steely Dan songs, is their, uh, again, dark, sarcastic lyrics. Um, they're like, it's like weird beat poetry. It's a good thing that they didn't come to prominence in the 90s, or they would have to end every stanza with, NOT! <laughs> <laughs> Steely Dan is one of those bands that could not have existed at any other time sure. in history. Because if they came out, like, ten years later in, like, 1988, they would have been, like, a shitty, like, jaded college rock band. If yeah. they'd come out in the 90s, they would have been a shitty emo band. If they'd come out in the 2000s, they would have been, like, a shitty, like, garage rock revival band. Yeah. If they came out in the 2010s, they would just be, like, a K-pop band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, what's, I, what is it, Almost Famous, where there's, like, a scene in a hotel room and they got... Uh, Steely Dan on some late night show and they're all wearing these like bizarre silver suits. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they all have deeply embarrassing facial hair. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well it's the 70s. Well in the 70s was also like one of the last periods of time where musicians were allowed to be like 
like, like especially dude musicians were allowed to be complete uggos. Oh yeah, just True. fucking hideous. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like, like the two guys in Steely Dan, Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, both look like frogs, but they both look like <laughs> different frogs. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of them is definitely Mr. Frog, and the other one is definitely Mr. Toad. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You be the judge. <laughs> um, and not to like shame them for what they look like. It's just there was a very specific time where it didn't matter what you looked like if you made good music, you were allowed to make good music. Like, have you ever seen the guys in Ram Jam who did Black Betty? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> they all look like they fell off like a like a hay bale ride. Well, the 70s yeah. was and the last time that you could play music and really not be seen. Because if you're touring, right. you're up on stage and you're far away, and otherwise you're just listening. Yes. It's not until music videos where it does really matter where the fuck you look like. I mean, this was also the era where, for some reason, Mick Jagger got to be a sex symbol. Well, that he, weird leathery well, string That's beam. because when he's prancing around from like 400 seats away, it looks kind of crazy. <laughs> You're like, well, he's got the confidence of a man who must look very good. Right. That guy, he's shaking it up there. Yeah. He probably gets laid. And again, I think that's another big thing from the 70s that you could to- like skate by on like confidence and skill and talent. Yeah. Um, whereas then you got into like the 80s and, and you know guys like Motley Crue and Poison and shit were just like... We need to put on all the makeup and look as, like, put together. You had to be pretty. You had to be beautiful. Uh, and then we got grunge, which for a brief minute was like, oh, we can be regular guys again. Even though, let's face it, like, all the guys in those grunge were bands were like, still, actually like, gorgeous. pretty yeah. good-looking guys. They just yeah. didn't wash their hair. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had long hair that wasn't teased out. Inside. Yeah, but all the guys in Steely Dan, like, look like they haven't left their basement in a month. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, and they're they're clearly putting together their costume for a bi-monthly science fiction convention. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That they've got, like, circled on their calendar with big sharpie and stars and exclamation points. Well, yeah, man. No, I got it. It's bi-monthly. It's true. It only happens either twice a month or every two months. (laughs) (laughs) Only time will tell. Just like that Asia song. Only time will tell. Leave now. Anyways, this is Steely Dan we're talking about. That's true. Uh, This song is eight goddamn minutes long. (laughs) It sure is. And it, a lot of uh, keyboards, a lot of drums. Yeah, the, the drums on this song are actually uh, goddamn phenomenal. Um, I will say it is kind of for as like jazz inspired and uh, like jammy as Steely Dan can get. Their songs are real short. You know, what for I mean? the most part, yeah. Most of the, especially their it's singles. Un- yeah, it's very unusual for like a a more than four minute song. Right. Yeah, yeah. Probably because the session musicians would simply collapse. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a big thing to talk about as we uh, get into the next song here. Uh, probably the quintessential Steely Dan song. Uh, this is Deacon Blues coming up right now. Uh, unless Spotify is going to give college me- <laughs> radio station. Deacon Blues. That's right. Come on down to WBNB. It's the Quiet Storm. <laughs> next up, we got. Steely Dan with Deacon Blues. Oh, yeah. I always really uh, got pissed off whenever NPR would switch over to Quiet Storm. Because it's always when I'm driving home from a very late night. I'm like, buddy, I need some thumping bass to stay awake right now. Yeah, it's my firm belief that after 11 o'clock at night, all radio stations should only play like Iron Maiden, Judas Priest. <laughs> yeah. Fuck no, man. My hometown PB, uh, NPR, after 11, you got Ken Nordine. 
his whole show of word jazz. That's the best way to stay awake driving because everything around you was a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, so this, uh, one of the things that we should talk about with Steely Dan here is that there are only two permanent members of Steely Dan, Donald Fink and Walter Becker. The remainder of the band are, uh, especially at this point in time, are just random studio musicians that they brought in. Um, and so every song on this album has like ten guys who played on it. Yeah. Every song has a different ten guys who played on it. The personnel list is absolutely insane. But it's a who's who's list of guys that played on other records, like, uh, Jay Graydon, Larry Carlton, Michael O'Mardian, like these are guys who were really big in the session musician uh, area of California at this time. Uh, a lot of them also were very big into the yacht rock scene, uh, which Steely Dan is kind of like tangentially involved in. So smooth. That's right. The smoothest. This is a smooth fucking song. So did the guys, uh, the two guys, did they write every note for every instrument? No. Generally what they would do is they would write like the base of a song and they would bring in studio musicians and much like you would train a circus monkey to do tricks, through a combination of treats and whips would get them to like play what they needed. My okay. understanding is that they would start out by telling the studio musician what they did not want to hear. Yes. And then after the studio mu musician would play whatever thing that they had to play, they would just say, uh, yeah, it's us behind the glass. We're very disappointed in your performance. Can you do it again? Uh, that wasn't quite right. Can you maybe try harder this time, please? Thank you. And are they playing any of the instruments? Yes. Yeah. So Donald Fagan plays the keyboards uh, and is the lead vocalist uh, and does like some synthesizer stuff. Walter Becker plays guitar and bass uh, okay. on this record on various tracks and sometimes I think does backing vocals. Okay. So they do play. And they now that they are a touring band, they will play their instruments live. Yeah. Well, Walter Becker. Walter Becker is dead now. So <laughs> well, he, he plays will. it dead. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just just like how Jerry Garcia. Still plays with the dead. Correct. They just drag out that weird skeleton puppet from the Touch of Grey video and <laughs> shove it out there. Let Guys, it ride. So it is Halloween time in the city of Chicago, and I am thoroughly delighted by the amount of skeleton decorations out in the city. No, Holy shit! Around, it is so nice. Around the corner from this, from my apartment. There is a uh, apartment building, or maybe it's a house, that has, I shit you not, like a 12-foot-tall, like, oh, yeah. pilk-down man skeleton. It's nice. so good. Nice. It's gigantic. There's, yeah. like, dog skeletons. There's, like, families of skeletons. Skeletons got real big this year, and well, I'm real into it. We do are living in a pandemic, so yeah. people got to do something with all them bodies. Yeah, there's a little bit of the old murders at the room morgue thing going. Yeah. <laughs> Where a giant ape is leaping from building to building, committing murders? Is that what murders at the Rue Morgue is? Is it a, yeah. It's an ape? That, they that find that out one? it's an ape. Ah, you're right. Yeah. What's the one where uh, there's like the party and everybody gets TV? Uh, that is Mask of the Red Death. Mask yes. of the Red Death. Good man. Because someone literally accidentally invited the Red Death. Well, he's or, fucking happening. Yeah. Also, he dances like crazy. His jams are the best. Are we Speaking talking about the Red Death? Yeah. Oh, okay. The Red Death. You know the man. TV for short. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Correct. Uh, I didn't know of... consumption could get down and boogie. Oh, consumption is the coolest. That's why Doc Holliday had it. <laughs> <laughs> 
One thing that I do uh, very deeply appreciate about Steely Dan, among many of their notable qualities, it, it is dance music you don't gotta stand up to dance to. Right. Oh, yeah, this is definitely This is that, like, slow head-bobbing kind of Yeah, kinda, this like, is yeah. chair dancing music. If you stood up at a Steely Dan concert, you'd get yelled at. I will at. never <laughs> fucking forgive Pete Davidson for his... <laughs> there's a story John Mulaney tells where he takes him to a Steely Dan concert, and he's like... Oh, who's this comedian, Steely Dan? And he's like, ah, buddy, it's a music performance. You'll hate it. And yeah, Pete Davidson, like halfway through, stands up and he's just like, I'm sick of this. Let's all stand up and dance. And it's like, buddy, read the room. Yeah, yeah don't do that at a Steely Dan concert. Uh, you hang out, man. These are all people who either purposefully did not have kids or who very specifically paid their babysitter in advance for a very specific amount of time. Right. right. This is not a stand-up-and-dance crowd in either direction. Yeah, if you want to stand-up-and-dance, go see, like, I don't know, literally any other band. Yeah, that's yeah, a good point. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, specifically uh, this song, Deacon Blues, incredibly famous. Uh, very good song. I have... Ooh, excuse me. I have, like... Very specific memories of my dad driving me to and from things in junior high and high school, like late at night listening to specifically this song and just thinking, huh, I didn't know they had a name for the widows in the world. Yeah, <laughs> wonder what it is. I can't understand the rest of this song. It also sounds like he's drinking scotch all night and then dying behind the wheel. So that is his fantasy. Is your was your dad one of those guys that kept a little uh, brown paper bag under the uh, driver's seat? <laughs> you just stop it. <laughs> you don't need that like I need it. <laughs> Go to your room. <laughs> Yeah, of course, the song has the famous lyrics, uh, Alabama... Uh, they call Alabama... Alabama the Crimson, the Crimson Tide. Tide. They call me Deacon Blues. Which is a lame superhero name. It really is, but it's actually named after a former uh, football player named Deacon Jones. They just like the sound of it. Also, apparently, this song is very indebted to their sci-fi fannery. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah, apparently, it was. Uh, uh, they said that it was uh, based off of uh, or, or inspired by a book called The Demolished Man. Okay. Yeah, well, the first line is, uh, this is the night of the expanding, expanding man. man. The amazing the expanding, expanding man! So they just use Deacon as the first name because they like Deacon Jones? Yeah. Cowboys tackle, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, no, cowboys uh, herd uh, cattle. That's why they're called cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of tacklers. <laughs> tacklers? Uh, so the next song uh, coming up here, provided Spotify doesn't give me an ad. Now you got Ooh, that's it's right. Peg. That's right. This is Peg, the fourth song off of Asia. This is my personal favorite Steely Dan song. Features the inimitable backing vocals of Michael McDonald uh, and one of the great guitar solos uh, I think of all time by Jay Graydon. Uh, this is also the only truly happy sounding Steely Dan song. Yeah. True. This is the only Steely Dan song that I think it's reasonable to be like, I think we could stand up for this song and dance. Mm. I think that and probably, like, Reeling in the Years is a pretty... Yeah. Like, if you listen to the lyrics for a second and you're like, oh, it's it's about a person who's wasted their lives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very depressing. But, like, but the it's actual... totally good to sing along to while driving. True. Yeah. Very true. It's got that big chorus or whatever, yeah. 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 Um, but this song uh, specifically... Uh, 
I, I would really want to recommend, if you go on to Amazon right now, and I think you can probably find it on YouTube as well if you don't want to give Jeff Bezos money, there's a great documentary series called Classic Albums, and there's a one for Asia by Steely Dan, and the section, they talk about this song a lot, and there's uh, just this great moment where they play each individual backing track of Michael McDonald, and there's like <laughs> eight of them, and they're just like, oh, we're going to embarrass Michael by playing the high parts. <laughs> and then it like cuts to Michael McDonald, and he's just like, you know, they... They know what they want, and you know they want me like I, I've never done anything like this. I'm sitting here singing whole chords to myself with just weird phrasing. It doesn't make any sense, but then you do it, and it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and then these two asshole guys are just like, <laughs> listen to all the guitar solos that we didn't use. <laughs> I was like, this song is where their uh, their vocal mixing really is stands out a lot in yeah. Uh, Whereas a lot of bands would use Phil Spector's wall of sound for, like, as its namesake, just a wall of instrumentation. Uh, Steely Dan uses it exclusively for vocal tracks. Yeah. Well, this, I mean, and all the backing vocals on this song are pretty much Michael McDonald for yeah. the most part. Nice, yeah. But it's amazing how the, like, the instruments and, like, the hooks and everything are all very clearly one track. But then the vocals hit in, and it's like, oh, this is like 50 tracks right. all yeah, stacked yeah, on yeah. top of one right. another. This sounds gigantic. Yeah. And one of the, uh, my other favorite stories that's on that documentary is the, the bass player on this song, uh, whose name escapes me right now, he tells a story about how when he went in and he was first laying down his part, the one thing they were like saying is, don't slap the bass. Uh, and then so he was like, but he was like, but it sounded better slap during the chorus. So what I would do is I would hide behind the music stand and then just do it. And when it was over, they'd be like, sounds great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is hands down uh, my favorite Steely Dan song. I grew up listening to Steely Dan. I was the kind of guy that even though in high school, like I was like, man, if it ain't Limp Biscuit, I don't give a shit. Well, because you had to be against boy bands. Right. And the only other faction there was to join was new metal. New metal. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I was also the kind of guy where, like, our friends would get together and we'd, like, play each other music. I'd be like, all right, like, I know, like, Slipknot's, like, the hardest band, but, like, have you heard Black Friday by Steely Dan? <laughs> it fucking rocks, guys. Um... So yeah, uh, I have a, a deep, deep appreciation for this band. I love, love, love this song. Um, this is, yeah, uh, I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, but, but this is also one of their what's biggest your hits. Foreign movie. Oh, my favorite foreign movie. I don't know, Amelie maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the central question of this song. I think the central question of this song is Peg. Peg. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the the Michael McDonald harmonies in this are crazy because it's just like, pig, pig, pig. I do imagine... Uh, Falling 3D. <laughs> this is obviously movie. not how it happened, but I imagine in the studio session, Michael McDonald just turning into like a Tim and Eric bit of just thousands of heads showing up <laughs> yeah. to harmonize. Uh, so now we have moved on to the uh, next the sea song. shanty. That's oh, right. Yeah. This is home at last. Uh, we are in the home stretch of this album. We're uh, deep into side two. Only a couple songs left. Home at last. I don't know a whole lot about. This is one of the songs that when I would listen to this album, I would always skip. Skip it. Yeah. Uh, well, because this is this falls into their just like groove. You know what I mean? Like there's not really yeah. a lot to hook you in. 
this is the like, yeah, this is a filler song, not in the sense of like they phoned it in, but just like, no, this is just like some background music right. for you to like I, um, have on. I really like the chorus to this song. I like like how it kind of bam bam bam. Yeah, like the chorus I really like. It's everything else that kind of just is like, it just seems a little sluggish to me. Well, this is the, like, if you're having a party, this is where everyone gets a drink refill. Yeah. This is where the party gets real chatty. Speaking of which, who needs a beer? Ooh. Yeah. Hey, I need a beer. beer I'm man. actually very good. All right, fine. I'll yeah. be right back. Screw you, John. Well, the, the... Yeah, no, you hit the snack table. Yeah. Start talking it over. I Absolutely. mean, they can't all be couch dancers. <laughs> That's true. Although I definitely want to put together a Steely Dan cover band called Couch Dancers. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I'm in. Or an Adult Swim TV show. Called Couch, Couch Dancers. Couch Dancers. I can imagine that. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Come on right after Squidbillies. Ugh, no thanks. You don't want their big lead-in audience? <laughs> Ooh, but it should be like a short, like a Beavis and Butthead thing where you just do a music video. Oh, sure. So oh, so just you're... like a, like a five-minute interstitial kind of thing? Right, like a like a commercial bumper. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Just one video. I feel Cap like dance. this is like a YouTube channel where you listen to a song and determine if this song is either a standy dance or a city <laughs> dance. Oh, <laughs> uh, right now we're listening to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, Ooh, this is a standy dance. This is definitely a standy dance. Right. Standy dance. Of I'm I'm well, that's it for couch <laughs> dancers. We'll see you next week when we do uh, Everlasts. <laughs> Whitey Ford sings the blues Ooh. As voted by you <laughs> We gotta get a better audience Oh my god! You play the whole music video But it's flipped and desaturated So the bots can't see it <laughs> yeah. And then your head is just in the corner Like picture in picture Just listening to it And then yeah at the very end City dance <laughs> <laughs> Alright like Standy dance Alright like subscribe <laughs> Hit the alarm button for his notifications. Uh, please, smash that alarm button. Oh, man, kill it. Uh, um, there is a YouTube channel that I've been watching because it blew up a couple months ago. Uh, it's these two kids. They're like, it's called Twins is the New Trend. And it's these two kids who just, like, listen to songs they've never heard and react to them. And the one that, like, blew up kind of viral a couple oh, months ago. the one with the, the Phil Collins? Yeah, they yeah. listen to In the Air Tonight. And it's just these two kids, like, getting super excited over Phil oh, Collins. Yeah. Uh, but I watch it all the time. It's it's, it's so sweet. It's this, just these two like maybe eighteen, nineteen year old kids who are just like really interested in like new music, or, or, and it's not even new music. It's all music new that to them. Yeah, yeah, right. So like they're really into Dolly Parton. Nice again, national treasure. Yeah, absolutely. She's delightful. She really is. I went through a phase in high school where I was like, yeah, whatever, fake plastic Dolly Parton bullshit. Because she's got Dollywood, you know, like she's got... Sure. But like, boy, every year my esteem of Dolly Parton just grows and grows. I mean, she is arguably one of the greatest American songwriters that's ever lived. Hell yeah. Slightly story. She's terrific. Yeah, she really is. And Dolly like, Parton, come be on this podcast. Yes, please. We'll have to watch our language, guys. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> no <will>. promises. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to have to put on socks. <laughs> if there's one thing Dolly Parton will not abide, it is open-toed shoes. True. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we're just riding out home at last. Here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's the um, seventh inning stretch. I will of the say, Dan album. That's right. And I think this is track six. 
chat? This is track six. Oh, six of oh, eight. So yes, of eight. eight. Yeah. Again, a short album. Every single if if a Steely Dan album were one minute longer than it is, it would have a legi- like a legitimate body count. <laughs> Studio musicians would have died. Yeah. But this song has Victor Feldman on piano, who's like a really famous jazz uh, pianist yeah, from the UK. Yeah, you don't uh, gotta tell me. Vic, Vicky, <laughs> I, I don't know who Vic Feldman is. Vicky Victor, Feld. Victor Feldman. Victor Feldman? Yes. Uh, <laughs> and also, uh, one, uh, here's an interesting thing uh, about this album, but not the song. I just need to find something to fill the time. <laughs> Timothy B. Schmidt of the Eagles sings backing vocals on a few songs, too. Nice. Yeah. You know, he's the guy in the Eagles that nobody remembers. Yeah. He's the non-Joe Walsh, non-Don Henley, non-the other guy. That suggests yeah. he probably wasn't a raging asshole. I think Timothy <laughs> B. Schmidt is probably the normal one. Yeah, right. He's probably a nice guy. Uh, so this is uh, Got the News. Hell yeah. Uh, which is a uh, kind of up-tempo, like real kind of bouncy, jazzy number here. It's real funky. It, it almost sounds a little bit like uh, like that Philadelphia plastic soul that Bowie was doing in the like, Young Americans yeah, era. Yeah, it, it definitely has kind of a, like a, a, a disco-y like, Philadelphia soul kind of like yeah. beat. It's like, got a nice little shuffle to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, what is this? This is, uh, yeah. Hold on, I'm trying this, to find... This is the song where when you're sitting down on your couch, you get a little hip swivel in it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Grind that butt yeah. right into the uh, ass co- the cushions yeah. there. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotta push the sweaty underwear around. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the drummer on this band is, uh, was it, uh, uh, Jim Keltner, who played with, like, literally everybody. Like, Traveling Wilburys... Eric Clapton, Joe Cocker, Ry Cooter, Bob Dylan, Carly Simon, Ringo Starr. What does Ringo Starr need a whole drummer? drummer. Uh, I don't uh, know, dude. He also played with George Harrison, John Lennon, the Steve Miller Band, Harry Nilsson, and Neil Diamond. Nice. And somebody named Gabor Zabo. Zabo Gabor? No, Gabor Zabo. No. Some kind of Hungarian jazz music guy. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. And that's the thing that, like, I really uh, appreciate, like, you can't, because Steely Dan was very much a studio band, it's a really good gateway into getting to, like, understand the world of, like, session musicians who always have the best goddamn stories. Oh, yeah. Like, if you ever meet a studio musician or a session musician in person, like... They have amazingly good stories about ridiculously famous people, like, farting at inopportune moments. Sure. They've got all the, like, grody human stories about all these, like, world-famous musicians. There's an an amazing book and a pretty good documentary (laughs) uh, called The Wrecking Crew, which is about, uh, like, the... Cream it's about the, the NES video game. The no, Wrecking it's about Crew. the cream of the crop studio musicians uh, in California in like the '60s into the '70s. Uh, and it's like all the guys who played on like the Birds and the Beach Boys and like all that shit. But some of those guys eventually, like some of the guys that would play on these records with like Toto and and then Steely Dan and Michael McDonald and the, and the, the Doobies and all this like smooth music yacht rock stuff kind of were like mentees of those in the Wrecking Crew. Anyways, the book is full of amazing stories on like Wrecking Crew and like famous people. A lot of Phil Spector shit uh, sure. too, which is great. He That guy is a madman. Yeah, <laughs> even before he murdered someone, yes. he has been dangerously insane. Oh yeah. Oh, I also yeah. who he killed? 
Uh, I don't... She was an actor yeah. of some kind. It was yes, someone that right. he was trying to sleep with. Yes. Yeah. And here's the thing. I fully believe him when he says, I don't remember this happening. The last thing I remember was leaving the car to go in my house to get my gun. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thousand percent believe you you definitely murdered that person right uh i was gonna say also if you're looking for good studio musician stories i recommend seeking out any interview with steve lukather uh he's the guitar player for toto but he was also like one of the most in-demand studio guitarists of all time uh he played on like fucking thriller and uh he played with steve dan for a little bit he did the guitar solo on physical by olivia newton john guy's been around uh, but he always, he's a really great storyteller, and he's got millions of them. Nice. Highly recommend. And that's, again, that is the beautiful thing about a session musician, is they have all the access to these amazing famous musicians and these amazing brilliant songs, but they also have nothing to lose. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So they can just say... Whatever. Right. Yeah, There's. they don't have the, like, band loyalty because yeah. they don't play with They don't care. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason They're to, like, literally yeah. musical mercenaries. <laughs> They're literally there because of how good they are. There isn't, like, a brand for these guys. Yeah, so yeah, it's exactly. not like yeah. they can be defamed. Right. The, the closest there is to a brand for studio musicians is Toto. Because Toto was a band made of solely studio musicians who decided, hey, we could do this for ourselves. Yeah. It turns out they could, and they're fucking great at it. Yeah. For one song. Fuck you! Oh. And it's not Africa. Well, what is it then? Stay tuned to find out. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we're going into uh, the final song of the album. Is it Josie? This is Josie. Aw, she's coming back. She's Josie's coming gal. home. Uh, this... Presumably on that boat from that uh, Home at Last yeah, song. where did she go? Aw, oh, shit, guys. Did she go to Vietnam? Oh, Probably. Uh, well, let's see here. Uh, according to the Wikipedia page, all music critic Stuart Mason describes Josie as the album's most conventional rocker. Uh... Hard disagree. <laughs> uh, let's see here. There's nothing about this album that's rock. Yeah, this is more yeah, funky it than is anything. Definitely funk. I like that great Stella opening sketch of uh no, that's funk rock, not funk rock. <laughs> uh so uh, watch Stella. It's it's only like three or four episodes because they ran out of time and money. Yeah. And uh three of those episodes are very good. That's true. Uh this uh Seguin Gazette Enterprise reviewer JJ Sirja, probably mispronouncing this, describes the song as a Hasty ditty about a community girl in the truest <laughs> sense of the word. You know what I'm saying. The lyrics describe the boys of the neighborhood celebrating the return of a fun-loving girl named Josie, who may have a shady past, <laughs> and anticipating the debauchery that may ensue. Sweet suggests she may be returning from prison. <laughs> I cannot tell you how desperately I want to write music reviews for a publication that does not specialize in music. Oh, yeah. Like a non-entertainment sure. magazine. When they've got, like, Golf Weekly, for some reason, reviews the new Kanye West album. Oh, sure, okay. <laughs> oh, man. I would like to do that for, like, a, a thing, but... 
couch all of my criticism in whatever the magazine is for. Sure. So, like, write for, like, Better Homes and Garden. The Economist and- <laughs> says, this song won't help diversify your portfolio, nah. but boy, will it diversify your dance moves. I'm a little bullish on this song, <laughs> but that's okay. After listening for a few minutes, I felt it really entered a bear market. Nah. <laughs> Those are the two things I know about finances. I'm poor. Let's move on. <laughs> the other, the other four paragraphs of this uh, contractual, uh, like fucking freelance piece is just you on a Lester Bangs esque. Here's all the drugs I did when I was. <laughs> I'm not as entertaining as Hunter S. Thompson, but I sure am loud about my opinions. Yeah. Uh, hey man, he wrote for Cream. He sure did. That's gross. No, it was spelled with two E's. <laughs> That's grosser. That's grosser. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not better, you know what I mean, than spelling it the real way. I guess. The real Hey, you know what's a real good cream? The Prince song. Oh, hell yeah. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, this is... <laughs> we're, we're, we're wrapping up to the end here of, uh, uh, of the song. This is the shortest episode I think we've... Ever, ever done. done. Uh, it was only a 40 minute album and we still goofed off for like 10 minutes before we started it. That's uh, true. We still have bullet points to get to my friend. That's yeah. true. I forgot about that. Yeah, which this is not over. You're What's right. Your favorite string on the guitar. So anyways, uh, uh, the G string. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Up top High fives. I would do it but coronavirus. That's true. Well then, it would make you complicit in the joke. <laughs> no, I want to be in. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, man. Well, this has been quite the ride, guys. Uh, I'm so glad we've been able to do this for uh, uh, 100 episodes. Yep. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week's, uh, what, I Would Die For Brew, a Prince podcast. Yeah, or maybe Tears for Beers. <laughs> Tears for Beers is real good. <laughs> oh, Tears for Beers is going to be great. Yeah. Can uh, we do Raul and the King of Spain? Sure. You know, <laughs> let's get the later work in. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we, I think we can make this a kind of a fairly regular thing. Where <laughs> instead of a movie, we just do an album and give it a stupid beer name. Yeah. I was going to say that uh, you, the listening audience, and you, the Patrick audience, were Me. spared pages of text messages <laughs> between Mark and myself of alcohol related. I think the last one I remember was uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Levitt. Help. <laughs> we're trapped in a hell of David Mamet scripts. Uh. Ooh. It just got real <laughs> off track. Oh man, I don't want any part of that one. You guys do that episode on your own. Um, That's the episode I'll do for my doctorate thesis. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so now that now that the album is studies. over, uh, now that the album is over, I guess it's time for bullet points. Woo-hoo! And our very first bullet point is body count. <laughs> All right. Okay. Nice. Body counts. John, what do you think the body count of Steely Dan's Asia is? Well, we've got, do fantasy people count? Absolutely. Do fantasies that people in the song have count? Yes. So we've got the guy who fantasized about drinking scotch whiskey all night long and dying behind the wheel. Correct. Right. 
We've got presumably the many people who died in that ship that was dashed against the sharp rocks. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, Josie getting out of prison, uh-huh. presumably yeah. for either murder or manslaughter. Sure. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, yeah, we're not ruling out that Josie might be a black widow. True. 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 Uh, also, Peg, who riddled with bodies. You're you right. know it because of the foreign films. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 37. Nice. Okay. Patrick, what do you think the body count of Steely Dan's Asia is? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to constrain it to between 1977 and 1978. I'm going to guess roughly 500 squares ceased to exist upon listening to this album. They just couldn't handle it anymore. They put their glasses down and they ceased to be. <laughs> now, Patrick, I, I want you to know that Steely Dan is o- music almost exclusively for <laughs> swears. <laughs> so again, their hardcore drug of choice is staying up past ten p.m. <laughs> yeah, just just remember the the if you want like the the cool person's version of Steely Dan, it's Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> yeah. Another yeah. band that is like ten guys. <laughs> way too cool to be related to Steely Dan. I know it really is, but they share a lot of similar producers and backing musicians. <laughs> True. Uh, all right. Well, the body count of Asia. Let's say you both win. How about that? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Uh, so that's going to take us to our next <laughs> bullet point. Best kill. <laughs> best kill. Patrick, what do you think the best kill from Steely Dan's Asia was? The middle four minutes of Asia. Oh, sure. Yeah, the steel yeah. drum. For, oh, kill- yeah. for killing you, I assume? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Just laid out. Couldn't handle it. Didn't even know what happened in the second two minutes of actual lyrics. <laughs> understood, understood. John, what do you think the best kill of Steely Dan's Asia was? Oh, definitely when the Crimson Tide got their machetes out and started going hog on the crowd. Oh, sure, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That was a sad day for Alabama football. <laughs> <laughs> this is a black day for football. <laughs> Auburn was never the same. <laughs> Uh, Mark, best kill. Uh, I'm going to go for the uh, the first 12 guitar players who tried to play the solo <laughs> sure. for Peg before Jay Graydon was finally brought in. I'd like to believe that Jay Graydon actually murdered each one of those guys before they could finish. <laughs> well, each of them is now confined into like that hotel room from the beginning of Apocalypse Now. They're just punching mirrors. <laughs> just like, yes. I can do it better. Yes, of course I can do it better. Yes, of course I can do it again. Of course I can do it again. <laughs> uh, to be fair... And then Harrison Ford tells them to go kill Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except by kill Marlon Brando, he means come back and play on the royal scam. <laughs> uh, which I think actually came before this. Anyways, uh, moving on to our uh, next bullet point, war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> War crimes. John, tell me about a war crime from Steely Dan's Asia. Well, definitely it's when Russia invaded sovereign U.S. territory, thus facilitating the need to rise against the Crimson Tide with the Wolverines. Oh, okay. So that's a separate Crimson Tide. Not to my knowledge. Uh, I think you're thinking of Crimson Dawn, <laughs> one of the political prisoners from Die Hard. <laughs> no, that's Asian Dawn. That's I'm Asian sorry. Dawn. That's yeah. Asian what is? Dawn. But one of them is Crimson something. I maybe. I uh, Crimson Peak. What is a ghost? Is it a memory? Is it a trauma doomed to repeat? Or is it just really sweet costumes? <laughs> I tell you, the costumes in that movie are on fucking point. I fucking love that movie. 
I, it's I so fe- good. Yeah, Crimson Peak is one of those movies where like it was marketed so poorly because they were like it was marketed is- as like it'll scare the crap. Out yeah, they were like this is a haunted house horror movie, and what it was was a like it's like a gothic. It's a sad gothic yeah. romance. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's the same reason why everybody is going off uh, after like House on uh, the House of Bly Manor right now on Netflix. The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah, because the, they well, it's did- got that great review on Guardian UK where in big bold text the reviewer says ghosts aren't real and can't be scary (laughs) yeah Um, because they did Haunting of Hill House first which is very much a haunted house story but Bly Manor is definitely like a romantic like gothic romantic ghost story and people are just like but I'm not scared so it sucks I love that the Guardian is like the BBC if you're real fucking stupid yeah correct (laughs) like it's a little bit better than the Daily Mail but damn yeah don't please I know David Cross name dropped Guardian UK on one of his stand-ups that's why we all bookmarked it in high school but it is a shit paper for stupid people oh it's sad sad how dumb that place is but yeah Crimson Peak fucking rules uh, Caitlin and I got to see the costumes in the Guillermo del Toro nice. exhibit oh, and like fancy. they actually have I didn't notice this like in the movie but each dress in that movie has insects sewn into it in different places it is so fucking cool. Oh, yeah. shit. I gotta rewatch Crimson Peak. Nice. It's delightful. Also, go out and buy the fucking, like, uh, cabinet of Guillermo del Toro, the book that is just, like, all of his sketches oh, for all of his movies. Yeah. It is a terrific read. Well, I love Guillermo del Toro. He's so good. <laughs> I, I desperately need, like, whatever. I mean, I, I'm so glad that, like, Shape of Water was a hit. Um, and I hope his next movie is also a hit because I desperately need someone to be like, all right, fine. Here's the money to make at the Mouths of Madness. Yeah. Yeah. He has been trying to get that off the ground forever. He came so close. He had Tom Cruise signed yeah. on, but the only thing was they wouldn't do a rated R movie. And he was like, it's gotta be rated R. It <laughs> cannot be. Yeah. Uh. That sucks. Anyways, Patrick War Crimes and Steely Dan's Asia. Uh, claiming to be a two-person band while clearly hiring and using 30 people. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's definitely a Hague-worthy offense. Because as a studio musician, do you get residuals or do you just get the studio fee? Uh, I believe you just get studio fees. I think fees. so, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they get paid real yeah, pretty good. Real money. Yeah. I mean, they probably don't anymore. Uh, and they might not have at this time, but a lot of these guys worked a lot. I was going to say, you got to realize that they would record three or four albums a day. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, they were working it like a job. Yeah, yeah, and they were like, they're union guys. They're like pipe, yeah. they're like musical pipe fitters. Yeah. <laughs> they would show up and like do their things. They have to take their fucking breaks. Well, here's your problem. Squiddly diddly doo. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sir, please pull up your pants. <laughs> no dice. <laughs> Look uh, at my ass crack. Squiddly diddly doo. Mark, war crimes. Uh, this is 77. Is that too late for Kissinger? Uh, uh, no, this is prime no, Kissinger. No, no, no. He's out. He's out. Right. This is Carter. Okay. All right. You're right. Ooh, good call. Yeah, I, so I you got a, about Carter. This is big new... What the hell was that bastard's name? Spiro Agnew? Uh, no. Brzezinski. It's Micah's yeah. dad. Uh, Big okay. New Brzezinski. Yeah. Spiro Agnew was Nixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. was also Nixon. 
But we did have that hostage crisis going on in Iran. We That's did have true. a hostage crisis going on. Um, but then Ben no, Affleck... actually, that was later, because this is 77. Yeah. Right. Then Ben Affleck bravely infiltrated the ranks and got them out. That's true. This right, is well, when you spent most of your time sitting in a gas ration line. Ooh, That's true. true. Yeah. All right, well, then I'm probably just going to say my war crime is... Does your name, uh, last name, begin with Z? No. You no, can't no, no. have an opinion. <laughs> Jesus. You have to wait until next Tuesday. That's when people with your last name get to speak. Uh, anyways. Right. Jimmy Carter, thanks you and, for your patience. And, anyways, my, my war crime is going to be... Don't worry about your oh, heating Jesus. bill. Just wear sweaters, please. Yeah, wear more sweaters and quit being such a malaise face. Yeah. <laughs> Things are only sad because it's a bad time for America. Yeah. Anyways, my war crime uh, is going to be the song Donald Fagan recorded for the movie Heavy Metal. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's... Absolutely atrocious and has no business being in anything related to heaviness, metalness, or heavy metalness. I mean, here's or the thing. boobs. Go, I was gonna say, going back to the movie Heavy Metal is just like, boy, if you just want to squeeze all of the joy from your stupid childhood brain, it was a, it was always a terrible fucking movie. Oh, yeah. It's a terrible movie. It just with- occasionally had boobs in it, so you could like. And it was a cartoon, so you could trick your parents into renting it for you. Right. But it was never good. No. And the people who, like, today wear heavy metal, the movie, t-shirts, into the fucking ocean with you. <laughs> it's, it's a movie with a really cool, like, really cool cover art, and that's about it. Man. Much like the magazine it is based on. Yes. Real cool covers, real bad magazine. <laughs> there is a, a follow-up. They did a movie called Heavy Metal 2000. Ooh. Which, uh, instead Yeah, of- well, they got John Goodman, because, uh... <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, right? Because John Candy was John dead. John Candy yeah. was dead, yeah. Uh, no, so Heavy Metal 2000, unlike the first Heavy Metal, actually is one... Uh, instead of being, like, a series of vignettes, is one solitary story. It stars uh, former Skinamax B-movie queen Julie Strain. Okay. Um, who was notable for being very tall uh, and very... Which really shows up in this animated movie. Correct. <laughs> well, the character is... Is her voice and is based on her likeness. I've never seen the movie, but I had the soundtrack <laughs> because I, like, at the time I would buy anything that was related to metal or anything. Sure. Yeah. And on that anything soundtrack, it was heavy, so lot, like lots of tungsten. Yes, yeah, yeah a lot of tungsten, <laughs> a lot of Einsteinium, sure. that sort of thing. Uh, I bought that album uh, mostly to fill out my Insane Clown Posse collection because they had a song on there called Dirt Ball. <laughs> it was ICP and their spinoff act. Twisted, uh, and it is a song about how they are aliens who come to our Earth, and oh no, our Earth is bad. It's weirdly enough a song about social justice, but done in the style of ICP. Oh, so they're just like, look, they got these old ass bitches called judges. Fuck them. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you're like, yeah, I mean, you're right, ICP, but also like, uh. nah. I, that's the weird thing about ICP is like. They're weirdly very progressive. They're incredibly progressive, yeah. Except on magnets. They just are baffled by them. They've just got a dark ages mentality when it comes to magnets. They just don't understand science. (laughs) Yeah, they are also... They're not gonna, like, kick you out of the gathering of the juggalos (laughs) if you're there with, like... A scientific explanation for magnets. <laughs> That's true. They're not gonna like try and like take you to a giant scale and weigh you against a duck. <laughs> I so desperately need to see the FBI file on the juggalos. 
I know, yeah, right, right? Because they're considered a violent street gang. Yeah. Yeah, well, obviously. (laughs) Man. I mean... (laughs) That, I don't want to see the file that they have on George Carlin. Oh, yeah, sure. He was a one-man street gang (laughs) dispatching vigilante comedy justice. (laughs) I bet that guy wrote letters to questionable characters. (laughs) Yeah. He signed a lot of petitions to get a lot of people out of jail that maybe should have stayed in jail. Uh, So that is going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? Patrick, is Steely Dan's Asia an action movie? Uh, This is a sit dancing. A sit dancing. This is a definite right. sit dancing. Fantastic. <laughs> John, is Steely Dan's Asia an action movie? Well, in much the way that albums are the movies of the mind, this one <laughs> is in fact a sit dancing. Mm, fantastic. Books are the TV of the eyes. <laughs> Mark, is, is Steely... Movies, weirdly enough, still movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> movies are the movies of movies, shitbird. <laughs> Mark, is Steely Dansatia an action movie? Uh, I am going to say this is a sit dancing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, I will say this. There is definitely at least one car crash that we know of. Uh, true. Yeah, and there's true. also a boat crash, maybe. Here's so you know what? I'm changing my mind. Yeah. This is an action yeah. movie. If the next John Wick doesn't have him drinking scotch whiskey. All night long. All night long. Said, I never learned to play the saxophone. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so that's gonna do final reviews for Steely Dan's Asia Patrick Grooving pa- John check your spelling idiot Mark uh, I give this 10 smooths out of 10 smooths it's the yachtiest uh, Steely Dan album and uh, probably the best Steely Dan album, my favorite Steely Dan album. It's beautiful. I think I've gone on record as saying mine is Pretzel Logic. Pretzel Logic is a very good album, absolutely. Hey, Patrick. guys. Patrick? Now, my favorite Patrick? Steely Dan album is Reloaded, because it was better than Loaded. <laughs> <laughs> is Reloaded the one that came with all the demo tracks? <laughs> no, no, that's Garage Days in Court yeah. that we visited. Yeah, yeah, that's what that one is. <laughs> That's the one where they did uh, Whiskey in the Jaro. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be the... I think I think Whiskey in the Jaro is the only song to be covered by both Metallica and Bell and Sebastian. Uh, and Thin Lizzy. And Thin Lizzy. Yeah. I mean, they're all covering the Thin they're Lizzy version. They're all covering version, Thin Lizzy. Uh, yeah. But it's actually an old traditional Irish folk song oh, that yeah. Thin Lizzy covered. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's going to lead us to our next full episode, Beer Talica, <laughs> where we discuss and justice for all. Not uh, Thin Lizzy O'Reilly. No, we're going to listen to Saint Anger with all of our therapists. You mean Saint Polly Girl Anger? <laughs> <laughs> Some kind of monster. Uh, what, what was the the conk conk? <laughs> that's the snare drum in the whole album. Conk. Kunk. Oh god! Tell you, it's what uh, thirty-five years of Metallica. God, yeah, something like that. It's something. gotta be. I yeah. think they're older than me, so they're, they're their their most recent anniversary, whatever it was. I saw a very good tweet of like thirty-five, like happy thirty-fifth anniversary to Metallica. Thank you so much for the seven good years of music. <laughs> hey, man, the 80s were really good for them. Oh, That's man. true, yeah. Yeah, but they killed Napster and fucked those bastards. 
Yeah, Lars Ulrich is a oh fucking Oh my god, asshole. if I found that asshole in a dark alley, I'd still kill him, and I've got streaming now. <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely push him into a locker. Yeah. For sure. Twice, because he's so tiny. Right? He's so small. Yeah, he's like the world's smallest drummer. He fits right in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Tying the drummer in my pocket. They stuff him in an old <laughs> beer bottle when they go on tour. <laughs> they shake it up to make him fight. Uh, ooh, maybe we could do. Uh, speaking of Elton John, we can do Goodbye Yellow Bach Road. Ooh, yeah. I like Goodbye Yellow. I, I guess that's why they call it the booze. Ooh, that's, that's also a good one, one too. That's a good one. That's, that's where one. we listen to Elton John's 1980s something <laughs> album, Red Strikes Back. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. That's probably one of his best out 80s albums. Certainly. Um. (laughs) Alright, here's what we'll do. We'll sit down, we'll listen to all the 70s Steely Dan, all the 80s Elton John, and all the 90s David Bowie. Ooh, shit. Outside is a solid fucking album. Yeah, but that means we gotta listen to Tin Machine, too. No, no, that was a spin-off band. That's technically not a Bowie album. Uh, But that means we don't get to listen to I'm Afraid of Americans. No, isn't that on Earthling? Because that that's definitely a collab. That'd be, he, that's, that'd be I think that would be predate Earthling. I think that, that, that might came out be, when I was in high school, so that should be two thousand. Uh, might be early two thousands. I know it because it was on a free CD that came with a twenty four pack of Surge. Oh hell yeah! Oh Surge! <laughs> if you like Mountain Dew but wish it were shittier. Yeah, well, if you like Mountain Dew, but you want it to give you a stroke, <laughs> that's what Surge was. Yeah. Surge is back, by the way. You can get it at Burger King. Hell Sweet. yeah, you can. Ooh, I want a Surgerita. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I feel like adding alcohol to Surge is how you got Four loco. Yeah, it definitely is. It is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for this, uh, uh, our 100th episode of Body Counts and Beer. Reeling in the Beer is the special. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, too, so much for doing this with me. This has been a blast. I love this. Even though nobody gives a fuck, <laughs> it's for us, and that's all that matters. Uh, and we'll see you well, next time. Well, it's for us and Donald Fagan's attorneys. <laughs> nah, we talked over all those songs. Yeah, and about them. So it was like fair use, suck bags. Yeah, that's right. This is educational. Yeah. It's a transformative work in that we transformed it into unlistenable garbage. Yeah. This is art, motherfuckers. That's why we say art made when it's done. That's, that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> and why I always pee in a jar and leave it by the door. Yeah, true. Yeah, by the way, John, I'm going to need you to pick those up at some point. <laughs> the NEA will stop. Stop giving me grant money if I do that. That's really true. I'm proud of you for getting in on this piss jar, Grants. I was grandfathered in before the NEA 5 got it all fucked up for everyone. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I am still Jonathan Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Showbiz Kids Bromley, John Pretzelogic Rooney Taylor, and Mark the Fez Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from, and leave us a rating and review. You can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or you can email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com. <laughs>